This is episode number 108 of Patrick Jones Baseball, and on this episode we have Jeff Leach. Jeff is the manager of hitting for Axbat. Um, if you are a regular listener of the podcast, you've probably heard me talk about Axbat in the past. Um, love, uh, love, love their bats. Um, you know, I had some hand issues myself and talked a little bit about that in this podcast. And ever since I used uh, the Axbat, I never had an issue again. So, they are kind enough um, to give all listeners of the podcast a 20% discount until March 31st if you type in the code PATRICK at checkout. So go to axbat.com, type in code PATRICK, and you get 20% off any bat until March 31st. Here is Jeff Leach. All right, and we are now live with Jeff Leach, who is the uh, manager of hitting for Axbat. Jeff, appreciate you coming on today. Hey, Patrick. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be back. Yeah, so this is your second time on the show. Um, A lot has changed for you since the last time you were on. Um, Could you give everyone an update on what you've been up up to since then? Yeah, so uh, January 1, he's the manager of hitting for Axbat. And so my role with the company is, to help uh, continue to push our efforts to make the best bat for a player's swing. And in that is, you know, uh, our efforts in pro baseball and helping the best players in the world use acts um, and get the most out of their abilities. And then also uh, help to uh, run our efforts in amateur baseball in uh, projects like bat fitting, uh, stuff like that. So, um, why why did you decide to to go with Ax to be the manager of hitting? Because I know you're not someone who just you know is going to take that that gig just you know just because it's offered to you. Yeah, I mean, I think that my why and why I'm in the baseball space really aligns with what Ax is, and so I you know I want to advance the game. Um, I, I am a big fan or was a big fan of Axe before I joined because I like progressive companies that are really trying to, um, do what's best for the game as a whole, really progressive forward. And so, you know, what they're trying to do with making the best bat for a player's swing and what I'm trying to do is as a coach and as a person of growing the game and helping my athletes really work together very well. So, uh, I always, as a player, had um, – I always focused on grip. I always either used athletic tape to kind of change the grip in my hand so it fit me better. Um, I played golf and just, like, ribbed grips on golf clubs. So grip was always – and handles of, of bats and golf clubs is something that I was always very interested in. So uh, when I talked with Jay Helmick, uh, who – runs the Axe Division for Bodden Sports and really got into uh, both the current and future initiatives of Axe and what we're really trying to do as a company. It really just caught my eye and something I really wanted to be a part of. When uh, when I saw you at the ABCA convention um, and went over to the Axe booth, uh, you showed me a, a folder binder of all of the players um, who are using Axe and what their statistics were before they started using the Axe bat 
and then after and it was just it was mind-blowing like honestly like the improvement that every player had after and these weren't just you know high school or college these were MLB players yeah I mean the, the pro data was something that really convinced me um that it's there's more than a uh, just a different feel of the handle that there's actually real performance, tangible performance benefits that could be found by swinging an axe bat. So, you know, we've got uh, all organic growth in the big leagues pretty much. So, you know, it started with Dustin Bedroya in 2015, you know, Chili Davis suggested that he try an axe bat because he was having some injury issues. And that's how players used to kind of view axe. It was, you know, it protects the handed bone if you're having hand issues you want to swing an axe. Um, but I think he noticed immediately the performance advantages of using the bat. And he started to hand the bat, uh, his bat to other players for them to try because he was such a believer in the technology. And that's been the most amazing part of the axe growth is that it's really been players at the highest level, handing the bat to other players. Mookie uh, bats obviously is, one of our sponsor guys got the bat from Pedroia, started testing it out. And, you know, he's, it's pretty amazing that in, in three years' time from Dustin picking up the bat um, at spring training, and in 2018, we've got a league MVP following a World Series MVP in George Springer, who all just organically started using the bat. Uh, I think last year we had 65 big leaguers using the bat up from like 35 the year before. So, you know, it's it's been an incredible uh, run of guys picking up the bat, seeing the performance benefit. I think we have eight full-time exclusive axe uh, um, handle big leaguers, and seven of those eight had their basically their career year immediately after making the switch, which incredible. is pretty telling. Incredible. Actually, I don't think I've told you this before, but um, in 2016, I was playing. Um, Independent baseball, low level league. I'm sure you've heard all the stories about the Pecos League, but that doesn't matter. Right. Um, so actually, I had one of the players that I was working out with uh, was playing professional baseball. Actually, he was in the big leagues the year prior, and um, he was having some hand issues. And Dustin Pedroia gave him the axe bat to use. So I actually. When we were hitting together, he let me use the axe bat in 16. That was I was using Pedroia's model. Pedroia, I can't even say his name right, but I was using his model, and that was my first time. So not too long after it actually came out that I used it, and the ball was coming off so much harder. I felt just more compact, and um, I know I've told you this before as well, but I had a, a lot of hand issues, especially with my wrists. Um, when I was playing, because when you start playing every single day, I mean, you know, Jeff, like you, you just, your body starts to wear down a little bit. I mean, there's so many things going on in your hands and your wrists. And those are, you know, those are some things that are, can really get easily get messed up. And so I was having my left wrist was having a ton of problems and it wasn't serious it wasn't I mean it was serious it wasn't structural it wasn't like I could go get you know needed surgery or like anything like that it was just from wear and tear of having to play every single day and I had no I mean during the season you especially at, at the professional level um, unless you're a, a high round draft pick you can't just sit out you know a week or two and let your hand heal so I had to keep playing 
And once I started using the axe bat, I never had an issue again. And I kid you not, like even to this day, um, I'm coaching now. I'm not playing anymore. But if I just take swings off a tee with a regular bat, my my hand will still get really sore. My left wrist. And then I ha- we have like the axe, the overload, underload axe bats. And so I'll start uh, hitting with those and again and still no problem. So, I mean, it, it just I'm a believer because it just it worked for me. You know, it, it literally allowed me to play another year. Uh, that's not an uncommon story. I hear that all the time, Patrick. And, you know, I think all you have to do is look at a player's batting gloves, and every player just about that uses a, a regular handle has that worn marker holes in the palm of the left hand of their batting gloves uh, if they're a right-handed hitter, right? I mean, I had, I had batting gloves where the bottom – I had practice gloves and I had game gloves because the bottom of my practice gloves were just worn out from swings, right? So, you know, that kind of shows how much a round handle works against you instead of helping you with the swing. So, you know, yours is a story that's pretty common um, where your, your health of your hand was, uh, was helped by the axe handle. But, you know, what we see as a fallout from that is that it may be motivated by a health reason why many players pick up the bat. But it's really – it helps you uh, have a more natural swing – right? It improves your bat speed. You have better control through the hitting zone. So those are the performance benefits that we see from players swinging an axe bat that go well beyond the health benefits of swinging an axe. Yeah. And that's, I was going to say that next. When I, once I started using an axe bat, I I had more power. I was driving the ball further than I ever have been before. And, um, yeah, it was just I was able to have a, just a more tight, like compact swing versus before. I would always get long just because it's just it's one of those things where it's like man, I just I could never imagine not using an axe bat if I played again. Played again, and it's not like you know you guys are paying me money to say that. That's just and I I've been talking to you about this for months now. Um, I just I if I could go back again, I wouldn't use anything else. Well, we've got uh, several big leaguers that are saying the same thing. You know, David Peralta, you know, wins the Silver Slugger Award and is a huge advocate. Kurt Suzuki, right? Uh, George Springer and Mookie Betts. These guys have really broken out and are now, you know, some of the best hitters in, in baseball. Um, and I can't see them ever going back to a round handle. What do you, what are the, I know you went to spring training this year. Um, when you go around talking to different players who don't use them, what's their feedback? What are, what are they saying? Yeah, so we have to be respectful uh, with players that have been swinging around handle for their entire career, right? It's, it is definitely a feel and comfort level for a player that, you know, the same handle they've been using since Little League is what they – um, are most comfortable using today. Um, so when I'm talking with a player, I'll typically bring up uh, a big leaguer who had the same kind of initial uh, connotations with an axe handle. Uh, sometimes it does feel different. Uh, and, and so we have to be cognizant that feel is very real. And a player that is not used to the feel of an axe handle, it's, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get used to it. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, it's, it is really imperative for us to get a player to swing the X, take it into the cage. Um, and, and they'll usually come back with extremely positive feedback on both the feel and the performance of the bat. 
you know, I, I swung around handle for most of my career, but I'm picking up an axe handle every single day now. And it's difficult, very difficult for me to go back to a round handle and feel comfortable today. Cause I'm just simply holding an axe bat in my hand, even if I'm not hitting, just milking it in my grip. It just feels so much better to my hand now than a round handle ever did. So um, I think that the way that we are going to target overcoming some of the feel and something we're working on as a company is providing real data to back up for the performance of the bat. So that's why we have those player cards, which you saw at ABCA, was to show the before and after of players that took that leap, that trusted us to swing axe bat uh, in games and saw them really have outstanding breakout performances when they made the switch. Is your market, uh, are you guys gearing more towards the professional player or the youth level and like high school players? No, I think that we, you know, we are going to hit all levels. Um, if our mission is to make the best bat for a player's swing, then we have to be working with the best players in the world. But we have USA bats uh, approved for Little League Baseball. I think there were only six manufacturers last year that were approved. We are one of those. Um, Triple SA bats, you know, fast pitch, uh, softball bats, uh, BB core in high school and college baseball is something that we're very focused on. And we feel like we produce uh, the highest performing bats for those players as well. Is it a stretch to say that um, all these players who break their hammock bones, um, we all, we, you know, we all see it, um, and especially who are in professional players, and I had, you know, college teammates as well. Is that a byproduct of, of years and years of that round knob? Yeah, like I said, if, if you look at the batting glove and just see how much wear it gets, every time a player is taking a swing, the round handle is, is digging into the palm of the hand. And, and it, it basically works the same whether you're, uh, you know, hand over the knob or hand on top of the knob you know, the round handle is still restricting to your grip. So um, it's, it's round as a shape as opposed to an oval shape of our handle, which just is going to feel better uh, the more you use it because it's more ergonomic to your hand. But again, the way that your bat works through the zone is it's, we, we talk about being on playing the pitch, right? The ball comes down to the pitcher's hand. We want to match that path as much as possible and the axe handle really does help a player stay on plane a little bit longer through the zone. And so the benefits is harder contact um, and more consistent contact when you hit the ball. Um, I saw when you went to uh, spring training this year, uh, you stopped by uh, the Florida Baseball Ranch. I'm kind of curious to hear what uh, what your thoughts were uh, just hanging out with Randy down there, Randy Sullivan down there. Randy Sullivan is one of my favorite guys in baseball. He's uh, he's he's a he's a really brilliant coach. Um, you know, he's got a physical therapy background and was motivated essentially to help his sons get better at baseball. And um, so when he made his trip down to Texas baseball ranch and saw what they were doing, I think he completely changed his mindset on how he should be coaching players. So from a hitting standpoint, they have our access speed trainers down there they really work on um optimizing ball flight so i know launch angle gets a bad uh, rap these days but we're all trying to hit the ball as consistently hard as possible 
to optimize our results. So they have a basically a, a, a miniature field that is completely netted out there. So they're using um, axe handle, uh, speed trainers in cage, following the driveline program and, and um, working on bat speed, and then taking it outside, working on uh, live at bats and BP to make sure that while their focus is to generate as much bat speed as possible, that they're still um, having the results that will show up in games and be successful. Okay, so the, I know I knew before that he was doing a lot of pitching stuff, but it sounds like they're doing a lot of um, hitting stuff down there as well now. Yeah, and I think they're going to make a, a, a bigger initiative into the hitting side of things this coming year. Um, and I'll let Randy talk about some of the things that they're working on, but I'm excited because Randy is a guy that is – you know, want to make sure that everything he does is supported by data. Um, and so they're going to create their own hitting program. Um, and we're hoping that Axbat is a huge part of that. When you're not uh, going around and working with Axe, I know you do a lot of uh, training yourself. Um, what have you been, like, looking at or studying lately that, um, that maybe the, all the listeners could, um, could maybe steal from you? Yeah, I mean, so when, I, when I'm in cage and coaching, I, I work on a couple of different things, path, plane, posture, um, and timing. So, you know, when, when, when I do training with players, uh, I primarily do group training with players. And we kind of go through the full gamut of training. So I used to do private lessons, you know, almost 1,500 private lessons in 2015, um, all one-to-one, all basically swing training. And what I found was that players really needed a more um, training program in order for them to be successful. We had to incorporate movement training. Um, we had to do some swing training. We had to do simulated at-bats or give the player as much um, as much comfort level facing the same level of competition and training that they would see in competition. So um, that's what I, I started doing. And so I incorporated uh, underload bats like our uh, Axbat speed trainers that were developed by Driveline. Started following a lot of that protocol. Um, I have a hit tracks and use bat sensors um, to make sure that I'm documenting improvement with my guys so that we can see in-cage results improving, motivating players to get better, but then also making sure that we're very cognizant of those results transferred to the game. What, uh, what facility are you out of right now? So the facility that I've trained out of is DBAT in San Antonio. So there's two facilities in San Antonio. Uh, mine is... Uh, DBAT North, which is about a 20,000 square foot facility. Of that, I would use about 3,000 square feet upstairs space. Um, so have a hit tracks and all my tools, all the bats and everything upstairs, all my movement uh, stuff. So med balls, uh, different types of training bats, uh, plyo walls, uh, two full cages and hit tracks were kind of the staple of what we used. 
So how many hours a week um, are you are you normally there? Because I know you do, like we've been talking about, the axe bat. Uh, you're the manager for that as well. Yeah, so I've, I've scaled back um, my training time in cage so that I can devote enough of my time and energy towards axe bat. So, you know, I, I take on a handful of clients and work with a couple of teams exclusively, but I've stepped out of the cage as a full-time instructor. Gotcha. Are, do you miss it? Are you happy with that? Or I know, like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, so for me, uh, being with Axe allows me to still be around the cage and around the game as, as, you know, basically every day I'm still thinking and working in baseball. But, um, you know, I, I am excited when I do get into the cage and work with players. Um, you know, it's, it is, it has turned to from a full-time job into a passion project. So I'm, I can be really careful on who I work with and when I work with them. So to have that flexibility is great. Uh, and to be able to use our, our ax tools as part of the training process is a huge, uh, you know, kind of, uh, it's a huge benefit uh, to the job uh, for sure. Yeah. I'm sure being able to test all those, um, like you're just saying, what uh, this this question is a little bit different. What what type or what drills don't you like when you see stuff on social media? Um. So you know, I think all drills can have benefits to a player. Um, I, I used to be very against drills that you know swung down or created a thought or the mindset of swinging down on the baseball. Those still probably aren't my favorite drills um, or anything that isolates the body and doesn't allow the player to move athletically. Those probably are the drills that are my least favorite, but I will say that, you know, I've, I've created dozens of drills in my career and sometimes a drill works for 80% of the players and I'll have a drill that works for 10% of the players, but for that player is their best drill. So um, I think that what is really missing in the swing debate um, arguments that we have is uh, the way a player thinks affects how they move. And so although I want my players to get on plane with a pitch and hit line drives, a player may need to think I need to hit the top of the cage in order to produce that result. Or they may need to think I'm going to try to stay on top of this ball and hit a ground ball. Uh, in order to produce that result most often. So I think that, you know, now working and studying baseball uh, for the last decade, it's really helped me grow uh, and mature so that I see less um, drills. I, I see the detriments of drills less than I used to because it depends on how the player hears it um, it, it really determines whether it's valuable to them or not. So, um, recently throughout social media and Twitter, I've been seeing some articles about how teams are starting to go away from on field batting practice. What do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, I think that teams are probably going to leave it up to the individual. Um, I think on field batting practice is, such a traditional way of getting ready uh, for the game. Uh, I think first players just want to see the ball out of the hands on the field that they're going to be playing on. And it's that comfort level of getting used to the batter's eye or the optics of the field 
or the conditions of the game. I still think that's very important. Uh, but I, I will say that I think that the benefits of that type of practice for in-game performance, um, I don't think there's a lot of data to back up that on-field BP directly translates to in-game success because you have a, a player or a coach uh, throwing from a shorter distance at a shorter, uh, slower speed. And although we can talk about uh, reaction times being similar, I still don't think it directly translates to effectiveness in the game, which is why you're seeing really smart uh, coordinators in the minor leagues and really smart coaches in the big leagues start to um, shape practices towards more in-cage work, more game-simulated practice where players are hitting off of velo, seeing the same release points or speeds or spin and shape of the ball in the air that they would see in games. So I, I think we're going to see a reduction in on-field BP, but I don't think it will ever go away. One of the other things that I uh, that I heard from Dr. Rose when I was out at On Base U is, you know, we talk about the T a lot, and you know, he talked he talked a little bit about I shouldn't say a lot, but just a little bit how you know everyone looks perfect off the T. Um, and I've heard some other coaches say that they don't even use the T really anymore because it just gets the player and kind of bad habits in a sense because the ball isn't coming at them. Um, do you use a tee when you're training your players? Uh, I do use the tee. I think it's important to um, understand that as a player is more successful, they have a routine and they have an approach that gives them comfort and has obviously made them successful following that, that, that process. So if tee work works for them, I think that's great. Uh, for younger players that have less body awareness, less um, they don't have a lot of feel for their swing, their um, ability to understand their movements um, is limited, then I'm going to use more T work, more toss work, then I'm going to throw BP to those players. Um, but I think there's also something that we have to understand is that the better the practice environment is the less successful our players will be there's times when we want a player to be confident and feeling good about themselves and there's times when we need a confident player to be working through a more difficult and challenging training environment so um, with an older player let's say I'm using uh, like I've got a high school player that is you know a future college baseball player or I'm working with a college guy those are players that I'm going to challenge much more in training. Uh, you know, we're going to throw tougher DP. I'm going to spend less time doing T work or toss work. Um, but it, it also depends on the level of player and where they're at in their training process. So, you know, if a player is working on something and trying to make a swing change, I'll bring out the easier tools and easier um, training process modalities than I will um, for a player that really needs to be challenged in order to get to the next level. Uh, talking about feels, um, on Instagram the other day, I uh, I was scrolling through and I got a notification that um, Josh Donaldson uh, commented on one of my posts, and he I think he wrote a blog post as a comment. I posted it on Twitter, and uh, first of all, I love the guy. I mean, he is so passionate about hitting and um, – I don't know if you saw this. I put it on Twitter, but uh, he said um, he talked about how I put it. So the, the video was a demo 
of Matt Olson. I think his first name's Matt, and he was with John Smoltz with the Oakland A's, talking about how you know he wants to feel his barrel working down at the baseball. And Donaldson essentially, in his comment, was the problem with these demos is these players really don't know like what they're actually doing because they and and he said that. The problem with feels is feels change. So if you don't really know what you're doing, what do you like? How do you know what to go back to when stuff isn't working right? And so my question to you is: Is it important to teach each hitter kind of like the proper sequence that they want to be in, and like get them to really understand that, or is or are feels really the key? Uh, I think there's. Uh, first, you know, Josh Donaldson is one of my favorite guys in the big leagues. Um, I got a chance to talk to him uh, briefly at spring training this year, uh, which was one of the highlights of the trip, uh, because I just think he's a guy that is really cerebral. He's really smart. And obviously he has grown from, you know, kind of an afterthought when he was initially traded to the A's to a league MVP and one of the best uh, hitting third basemen in baseball. So I, I think there's a couple of ways to approach it is one, I guess, feel is it is and isn't real depending on the player you're talking to. Um, the way I approach it with guys is that, you know, we are all, everything that we do is, is working backwards from the optimal result. So for us, it is a line drive or a hard hit fly ball for us is an optimal result. And I don't want anybody to hear fly ball and think, I'm talking pop-ups when I'm thinking hard fly ball. That's what most home runs are, are hard fly balls. And so if we're barreling the baseball, but we just miss uh, the middle of the baseball by a little bit, we're going to produce a hard fly ball. And if we work backwards from an optimal result, hard fly ball, hard line drive, then if a player is successful in repeating a swing, I always shouldn't say repeating a swing, but repeating the result then I want them to understand the feel that got them to that point. And I want them to hold on to that as long as possible. But what happens with players is as soon as they have a poor outing or a bad game or two, they start to chase a different feel in order to try to produce that same result. And that's where we run into problems. Um, but, you know, feel is definitely real. We have to understand when that with players. If a player in a big league level says he feels like he swings down, we have to listen to that and understand why he swings or he feels like he swings down, even if the barrel is on a positive approaching or a slight uppercut to contact. Yeah, th- that topic is always so interesting to me um, because we've all seen Mike Trout, Demo, and A-Rod and all those guys, you know, and them just getting ripped on left and right and it's kind of interesting that so many players feel you know feel that swing down that at least i mean some of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time right there 100 percent, absolutely and, and i was probably in that group uh early on in my career as soon as i uh learned about swing playing and positive approach angle to contact I completely dismissed the feel and the feedback that big leaguers were giving me about feeling like they swung down the contact. I think there's a very different, um, you know, guys feeling swing down, but knowing they swing up is also very different than a player saying I swing down and because I swing down, I cut the baseball and create backspin and that's why I hit home runs. I I still think there's a little bit of that that is going to be weeded out of the game in the next few years. Um, 
But, you know, there, there's always going to be players that are going to think in old school ways that produce uh, on fields um, and are going to be among the best players in baseball. So I think we just have to be cautious of that. You brought up a good point there. I'm, I wonder if, because uh, I don't think they've ever been asked this question, I wonder if A-Rod and Trout, like, uh, no, actually, no, that's not the actual swing. You know, I'm not sure. Um, I, I would really like to have kind of what I would like is to have new school guys like Josh Donaldson, um, guys that really have a good understanding, uh, not necessarily the physics of contact, but, you know, the reality of what happens to produce a certain result and have those guys have a, a conversation on MLB Network or some of these others um, to really kind of flesh it out. Um but, I, you know, I think we still have to always go back to A-Rod one was one of the most feared hitters in baseball. And although he and Trout um, may be dismissed in their description of how the swing happens, nobody can discount the results. Right. I completely agree. Uh, one last question for you. This is actually going back to the I – just, I just thought of this, actually. I don't even have this written down. I just thought of it. Um, we've been talking a lot about um, axe bats, uh, the wood bats, and, the, and at the youth level as well. Um, what about at the college level? Are there any college teams that just swing axe bats? So, you know, as a smaller bat brand, um, just the reality is that we can't afford to pay a top Division One college program to swing our bats in games, which is – the reality in, in a lot of these, um, with a lot of these top programs. But I will say that you can find our um, AXBAT speed trainers at virtually every top 25 program in the country. So our bats are being used at, uh, at the highest level of college baseball. Um, I have had conversations with Division I coaches, uh, top offensive Division I coaches, that have told me they spend as much time swinging axe bat as they can all the way up until game time. Uh, one voice us the question uh, of, you know, do you think there's a benefit of our guys swinging axe bat, even game bats, all the way up until they step in the box in game? So all the way through pre-game BP, and when they step in the games, they use the bats that their program is contractually obligated to use. And that's a really, really complicated question because if a player has a poor performance, he's going to go back to not using his game bats until he stepped in the box for the game. But that just shows you the impact that Axe is having at the collegiate level where players are asking their coaches to use Axe bats. There are high-level Division One programs who have players taping their bats with athletic tape into an axe shape so they can use the same type of the handle that they prefer to use in practice, but they're not allowed to use in games. Unbelievable. So, yeah. We, we have had five uh, programs, uh, subdivision one. So D2, D3, Duco, and AIA who have won national championships swinging axe bat almost exclusively. So we have had a success, but, you know, it's just, it's one of the realities of the game. Um, you know, programs, uh, earn money to swing certain brands uh, in games. And we're going to continue to produce the best bats and hope that performance influences 
a lot of these coaches to make a switch at some point. Yeah, I had no idea that the brand pays the school. I thought I just figured the school has, you know, especially a bigger school has so much money they could just buy whatever they want. Yeah, I mean, I think that that uh, is definitely a reality, um, and, and that's not to say that these players are using bats that they don't like. Obviously, a lot of uh, the players have influence over what a program uses, but that is something that you know we we have to understand in the college game is that um, a lot of these programs are choosing based on the best uh, the best contract for them. Um, and the bats simply have to be good enough. Absolutely. Jeff, as always, man, it's really great talking to you and appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Patrick. Always have a great conversation.